We've just finished the Power Up show on August the 8th, uh, which is a Thursday, I believe. Uh, and we almost didn't make it. Well, when I say we, I mean you almost didn't make it. Yes, I had a long day, Mia. And, uh, but I did make it in time, so the yeah, show no. goes on. And nobody needs to know really what goes on behind the scenes, do they? I don't really? want to so, hear your so stories. Thank, thank you for mentioning that. <laughs> anyway, we had a packed show again tonight. We had, um, as ever, the LinkedIn ninja, Gillian, was with us first of all. And she had a really uh, fascinating segment that I found very interesting, despite mm. the fact you said I would glaze over. Um, around, I'm still uh, not entirely sure you didn't, but yeah, okay. okay. Let me now repeat what happened. So she talked about um, uh, Google. Don't, don't give too much away. And, uh, and uh, I'm not going to give it all away about Google in terms of actually how now actually when people search for something, in Google that's posted on LinkedIn, um, it will come up in Google searches. But listen to for more detail on that, yeah. and uh, that was fascinating. And then we had Anthony, didn't we? Uh, yeah. We had Anthony Wilson um, from Vicinity Centres, and um, he talked about a, uh, a job fair that they held um, in his shopping centre in, in Bankstown on that Tuesday. That was just week. fascinating. Absolutely didn't fascinating. You think so? I was just blown away. In fact, when I saw the pictures and the videos on LinkedIn, I went, "What the hell is yeah, this?" No, it's like, yeah, it's just yeah. amazing. So you really want to catch his interview? And a great idea, a great idea. Oh. But the community engagement was fantastic. And um, and it's obviously a great opportunity for the employers to be able to get people in a very easy way. And uh, and it's grown from yeah. one year to another. And, and how do you measure begin? community engagement, right? I mean, that, that's almost something impossible to, to measure, yet you would probably see it in the attitudes of store owners. You'd probably see it in the, the look and the feel of the centre because people are now engaged and they're buying into what well, they're that's doing. Right. It's probably people through the door. I yeah. It probably is a yeah. way of measuring it. It's, it's people through the door and, uh, and how successful that, that centre is. Um, and then we finished up with uh, with Leah. Leah was talking about the third C this evening, which mm. was commitment. And um, and as ever, great to hear Leah and just start. Uh, I just sit there and just just and, and just basically just uh, I just I just listen and learn. I know. I wish Leah was my mom in a little way, and then she can read me bedtime stories. <laughs> <laughs> well, according to Gillian, my bedtime is actually 7 p.m., so it's actually been 10 minutes ago. Yeah, actually, so you're so past. I've gone. And then, as always, thank you to our sponsor, uh, Inside Intelligence Group. Now, Paul, we all know that workers' compensation claims are at the best a bit dodgy. You don't know if an employee is telling you the truth or not, and you're not actually allowed to ask. So how do you you, know... I'm glad glad you said that, not me. (laughs) My background insurance. (laughs) That's right. So how do you know if they're actually taking the mickey and abusing the system or if there is a legitimate issue? And that is something that Inside Intelligence does. They work with insurance companies. They work with claims officers, and they make sure that when claims are coming through that they are valid and that the person isn't pulling the mickey for example you and i heard about a woman who was looking to get a new mattress yet because her back was in so much pain yet every time they were watching her she was carrying the heaviest objects around moving up and down and by all sense and terms and senses whatever you want to call it she was ready to run a marathon but at least she got a mattress right Mm -hmm. and with that it's off to the podcast We are the Insight Intelligence Group, specialising in Australian corporate investigations and information risk management, workplace investigations, competitor analysis, social media intelligence, reputational risk management, internal or external investigations. Professional and proactive, Insight Intelligence Group works with you to ensure the success of the investigation. Australia-wide or global, facts, not opinion. 02882-9837. Insightintelligence.com.au Welcome to the Power Up Show, rocking you with the week that was. Paul, how are you today? Have you got your breath back? Uh, <laughs> good evening, Mia. You good thought everybody. you were going to get away with it unscathed, didn't I, you? Uh, <laughs> I, um, of course, I've had a very busy day, but I was uh, at, the sh- at the station uh, hours before to help uh, Mia prepare. That's a lie. 
minutes. Yeah, before. I don't want to hear your excuses and stories. Excuses um, never good, are they really? But uh, anyway, but thank you, you made Mia. it. You thank got you your cardio in for the day. I and saw also, you running like thank a gazelle. You Mia for a nice sugary biscuit, which I need. Just a couple of those days today where I need a bit more of an energy boost. But the music's going to help me through, and as is the great conversation we've got on the show tonight as well. Um, so first of all, as always, we'll be hearing from our very own LinkedIn ninja, Gillian mm. Brooks. Sorry, I've just taken us taken ownership of Gillian. There, apologies, Gillian, for that. Um, so um, and uh, tonight, Gillian's uh, going to be. Uh, covering off the, the next segment. Um, and what exactly will Julian be covering tonight? Well, I know you're going to glaze over when I say this, but apparently a new feature on LinkedIn is that Google is starting to index your LinkedIn posts. And with that, we've lost Paul. No, no, no. I didn't glaze <laughs> over. I did not glaze over. I well, Julian is going to explain it to us in a language that we will both understand. Yeah, well, Julian always does that, so yes. uh, which is fantastic. So looking forward to that. Um, then we'll be talking to um, Anthony Watson, who comes from uh, vicinity. Oh, sorry, Anthony Williams, sorry, who comes from vicinity centres now. Anthony's going to talk to us a little bit about um, a job fair that he did was it a couple of days ago in, uh, yeah a couple in of Bankstown? days ago and it was Bankstown. in a shopping centre yeah, and uh, so I'm just intrigued to uh, to know why a shopping centre and how it worked but apparently a thousand people there yeah so um, a second uh, year in a row and last year was like seven hundred to a thousand and this year was a thousand plus so. and you'd be interested to know in terms of uh, what sort of um, yeah, what sort of employers were there and uh, what, what yeah. happened. So uh, looking forward to hearing that. And um, we'll also be hearing from uh, from uh, from uh, Leah again later on as well. And uh, she'll be talking about the uh, the third C in mental toughness, um, which is commitment this week. So with that, that's our show this week. Um, you're listening to Power Up Show with Mira and Paul on our live 90.5. Fantastic and marvellous. LinkedIn Ninja down under. Gillian on the phone. How are you, darling? I'm well. How are you guys? Oh, we are absolutely marvellous. Me more than Paul, but that just goes without saying. <laughs> yes. That's just well, we'll normal. See if we can wake him up and not have him glaze over. Yes. Yeah, that was a bit mean, wasn't it, Gillian? Really, as if I as if I do that, and I can actually remember now what Mia um, uh, said it was to, to do with um, LinkedIn about how Google is now prioritising posts on LinkedIn. Gillian, ask yeah. him what that means first before you explain it to us. Let's see. It's something to do with. With, uh, how the SEO is working with LinkedIn, but that's as technical as I'm going to get. And I'm going to admit that. And I, I'm glad you laugh in a way that makes you feel very comfortable that I haven't made a fool of myself. No, you whatsoever. haven't. So, Gillian, tell us, what is LinkedIn up to this month? I found the devil and she it. is truly a woman. <laughs> <laughs> what chance do I have with you two? I have to say, I've got no chance. No. I just want to give up now, really. <laughs> so talk to us. What did LinkedIn okay. do this week? All right. So there is a new feature that has come out um, and it's totally altered um, the URLs in LinkedIn. So what that means is for each post um, that you do on LinkedIn, you are, were previously allocated a very, very long number, which was probably in the billions. Um, and that was your unique URL for that piece of content. So what they've done is they've actually changed the way in which the URL is now um, written and done and how it appears so that that can be, that piece of content can be indexed with Google. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. So if Paul, for example, (laughs) I'm just pulling you out, putting you on the spot here because I don't want you to glaze over. Um, <laughs> so if you were to write a piece of content on LinkedIn yes. that was how to be a fabulous radio presenter on a Thursday evening at 6 o'clock. Yeah, at 6 um, o'clock, not far past 6, yeah? Yes, exactly, <laughs> um, because 7 o'clock is clearly his bedtime. Um, mm. You say. 
So if you would wanted to write a piece of content on that, then it would actually could be found um, through Google now. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So does that okay. mean that when I'm doing my Google search and I'm looking for the most awesome radio presenter in the world and Paul, mm-hmm. of course, has written the most marvellous piece about me because I had a gun to his head, mm. right. Google is yeah. going should index that if he's got all his SEO words and what have you right. And it, does it mean that LinkedIn is going to start uh, – uh, sorry, Google is going to start showing my LinkedIn posts in uh, my Google search? It, it very well could. Of course, you know, when you when you pick um, particular keywords that are just about everywhere, um, that'd be pretty hard to do. But what it comes down to is, drumroll please, um, is basically the first three hashtags that you use in your post. They are the words that's picked, picked up in the URL. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So what's and LinkedIn trying to... And I've not glazed over because I, because I do use hashtags now, Gillian. Well, so, we've done three different hashtags in a row in these weeks. Yeah. So tell <laughs> so me, what is LinkedIn trying to do? Or So so who's leveraging who here? Is LinkedIn <laughs> leveraging Google or is Google leveraging LinkedIn? Um, probably both. Probably oh, so both. So it's a mutual relationship. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, LinkedIn would like more traffic, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. So that when there's more traffic and not more people using LinkedIn, therefore they they can then sell their advertising space for more dollars because there's more traffic coming to it. Um, LinkedIn does have an, a bit of an issue with the amount of people that register for LinkedIn and become members versus how many are active users. Mm. Mm. So there is a definite drop-off with that. I suppose that would be true of the likes of Facebook and Instagram and Twitter too, if I just look at my current usage of all the platforms. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that I haven't um, done an Instagram post since like April myself. Oh, yeah, me neither, April 2012. <laughs> yeah, what's Instagram? Says okay. No, hang on, I did get started with Instagram. It's never used it. Yeah. Well, it is interesting because it does say, it, do, it does give uh, LinkedIn users a bigger, what's the words I'm looking for here, a, a more amplified a sound. audience. Yeah, yeah correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now all of a sudden yep. the content that you're putting in on LinkedIn is now going to have that potential of splashing out. So it's great that LinkedIn are mm. moving this, I suppose, business-orientated platform and allowing our voice to be heard to a wider audience. Yeah, so, so, so if you get a person that, um, you know, so for instance, if, if somebody's target market is CEOs and, um, you know, there's a, a notorious, um, you know, sector of CEOs that, that don't log in at all. Mm-hmm. They just put their profile up, probably their PA did it, and then yeah. they haven't logged in for four years. <laughs> yes. But if they're looking for co- a piece of content, like how do I get on community, community Western Sydney radio stations, um, and Paul's written that on LinkedIn and then it's indexed through Google, then there's much more chance because there's probably nobody on the planet that doesn't use Google. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so now LinkedIn is becoming even more of a powerful tool. tool. So if yeah. business owners are not actually making use of their LinkedIn profile, they're actually starting to do themselves a disservice. And more importantly, based on our conversation we had over the last two weeks around company pages, mm-hmm. um, it's even now more important because a lot of businesses might start up and they don't actually get their company website page up and running or it doesn't look as um, professional as they would like it to look, but there is this opportunity now that your LinkedIn page is going to come up first if done correctly. 
Yeah, and and for you know personal branding, if you look from that side of an employee that has no influence in the company page at all, but they want to stand out, their own content can stand out. Wow. Mm, so they don't even need to have a company page if Paul you want to look at it that way. Paul is sitting opposite me like a little child. With I'll his put hand my hand up so just because. It's please, a good thing we're on radio own, and Gillian's speak. on the phone so she can see yeah. you. <laughs> yes, no, yes I know, young I know, Paul, I know, tell us what you like. I know that you're the one who needs to keep quiet, Mia, so that's why I'm putting my hand up to stop you. So you, um, use your inside voice. Yeah, yeah, use my inside voice. Oh, crikey, it doesn't work with teenagers, unfortunately. Um, what, um, what I was going to say, Gillian, was that um, does that mean that um, you know the first those first first three hashtags become the really critical way is that did i understand that correctly that's really the way yes. to try and get to uh get that visibility on google yes exactly that's what it's picking up the first three hashtags so that becomes really critical that they're they're really targeted and well thought through um yes. and that's a great great tip for our for our listeners isn't it really yeah and, and next mm-hmm. week Jillian, we're going to finish up now but next week um mm-hmm. i know that we're going to pre-record this segment and we're going yes. to actually pre-record the segment before the linkedin local next week in the city mm-hmm. um let's talk a little bit about what does research around hashtags look like and what should companies be looking for um, okay, so in the search bar at the top... Sorry, what we'll do, Gillian, is let's do that next week on the recording. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, we'll do that. We'll do that next week and um, <laughs> okay. and have that discussion. But for now, what our listeners need to understand is that their posts on LinkedIn now are more important than ever because they do have an ch- opportunity to be indexed on Google. So they need to make sure their message is right, their hashtags are correct, and their company pages are up to date, and they're mm-hmm. getting people to engage with those company pages. Yes. Beautiful. Thank you, Julian. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Um, look forward to seeing you in person uh, next week at one of your yep. one of the fabulous events that uh, you've got on, which I know one of them's now sold out as well. I don't know, maybe more. Yep. Um, but uh, look forward to seeing you and hearing from you next week. You're listening to a live ninety point five. This is a Power Up Show with Mir and Paul. August the eighth of the eighth of August. August what am I saying? Of 2019. <laughs> I was looking at the sun a little bit funny. <laughs> hey, Paul. So, uh, did you hear about the job fair that happened in the shopping centre? Yes. I'd yeah, like and it's not more. the beginning of a bad joke. It's actually no, no, something no, that happened true. a couple of days ago in Bankstown. We have Anthony on the line, um, the Bankstown centre sh- manager, and it is something that I saw on LinkedIn. How are you, Anthony? I'm very well, thank you, guys. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks. Thanks so much for coming on the call. My pleasure. Now, Anthony, you and I have had a discussion. I was so intrigued by what I saw on LinkedIn, over a 1,000 people lining up in your centre at a job fair. I mean, I go to a shopping centre because I'm looking for shoes. I know, stereotypical woman. I don't generally go to a shopping centre looking for shoes. Can you just talk us through what happened? Was it yesterday or the day before? Yeah, it was the day before yesterday. So we we ran it on Tuesday. Um, It was almost a full-day event. We had a small break in the middle. We ran two different sessions, knowing that we'd get um, the, the kids out of school once that kicks off as well. And, uh, yeah, we, we had uh, more than a 1,000 people through the area and at least five to 600 um, resumes given out on the day to different potential employers. So talk, you should see Paul's face right now. We need to get a TV show, Paul, because your face is just priceless. No, we don't. <laughs> so, Nobody Anthony, needs to see me. Just, just talk us through, because when I think of a job fair, I'm honestly thinking of, you know, a high school where there's a whole bunch of kids, mum and dad is dragging them by their tail, making sure they get there to hand in a resume, right? 
when I spoke to you, your definition of a job fair is completely different and it's really engaging the community. Can you just talk us through exactly what is happening with this job fair that you hosted? Yeah, absolutely. So it's the second year we've ran it in uh, Bankstown Central. It kicked off in Melbourne, one of our other shopping centres down there called Northlands. And they, you know, they originally ran it just trying to assist their retailers connect with potential employees. It gets quite difficult to get the amount of staff that you need, especially coming into the Christmas break. Mm. And they, they saw themselves as being a great facilitator of connecting our potential um or not our potential, but connecting our retailers with customers who may want employment, and and it worked really well. So last year we kicked one off, and we ran it in a, a different location, and we had about 12 to 15 retailers come, and it was also packed. It, it, was, it was very busy, and, and this year we thought, we've got to ramp it up, and we've got to really up the ante. Our whole, our whole philosophy of what our company is, we, we don't want to just be shopping centres. We actually want to enrich community experiences. We, we, we want communities to, to love what we do, to love what we facilitate. And a lot of the larger shopping centres like Bankstown, we are a, a community hub. We're, we're everything to the community. We've got more than 300 stores and we have more than 14 million people come through. So we thought, why don't we uh, create something and, and assist the two in talking? We've got people that are looking for work and we've got people that need employees so let's um, let's a, facilitate yeah, something. What a, what a great concept! That's, yeah, that's pretty well how it came. We we added a little bit more to it where we brought in um, TAFE. Uh, we had Uni, we had Centrelink come, and obviously they don't want people on um, unemployment benefits. They want to help people get work if they can. So they were talking to them about different benefits and different things, and the whole day was unreal. And we're, we're going to make it twice as big next year we, we see ourselves running it over a couple of days or you know potentially a week and rather than using a, a fashion mall or a strip we want to use our whole center court to really turn it into uh, not just a job fair but a, an expo of some sort now you mentioned to me when you and i were chatting that it wasn't just a job i mean yes it was a job fair at the very core of it but what you were doing was you were helping students in terms of how their CV should look, how they should be dressing, how they should present themselves, how they should be speaking. So it covered a number of things and almost took a lot of stress, in my opinion, and correct me if I'm wrong, off the job seeker to say, look, here we go, we've got you all covered. Now, not only have we helped you with these things, we're actually putting you in front of an employee. So that takes away Absolutely. the, um, I think you phrased it, it's, it's, you know, if they could be bothered to actually go knock on doors. Because I remember yeah, that's what we used yeah. to do. We used to just yeah. drop off our resume at every single store in a shopping centre and hope someone was going to phone us? My first job was at Sports Scene in Parramatta and I walked in there one day and I, I met the owner at the time and, and I said, have you got any work? And he said, um, I do, son, can you come back on the weekend? And I said, absolutely. I was lucky. Mm. While I was working there as an employee, the amount of kids I would see come in with their resumes and drop them off and, and they wouldn't even make it to the owner. Um, and half the time, when stores are busy, as a, as a you know, if you're a school a school child, you, you're standing there waving your resume, wanting to put it in someone's hand, and you can't. Mm. They're serving. So the jobs fair, we've actually got people that have come, they've taken a position and a, and a location in our centre, so their own little booth, and they're set up with chairs and they're ready to sit down and talk to people. So the whole experience, it's very comforting for both employee and employer.
which, yeah, that's that's the outcome. Now, you said last year you had about 12 to 15 retailers that were yeah, there, yeah. but this year it really amped up. Yeah, this year we got to 25. I was hoping for a lot more, um, but... I don't think we, you would have fit more than that. You would have just burst at the seams at that point. <laughs> yeah, and that's what we want to do in shopping centres. We want as many people in them as possible. Um, but, no, next year we think we will, um, you know, probably we hope to hit about 35, 40 tenants if we can and use a much larger space. And you mentioned that the retailers were really engaged with the process, that they even sent people from their head office into this yeah. environment because... Either you connect them with employees or they've got to invest a lot of time and money in connecting themselves with employees. Absolutely. I, I was talking to someone just now and, you know, if you jump on Seek and you look for a job, it could be anywhere in Sydney. And Seek goes out to every, mm. everybody in Sydney. Where, you know, if we're set up in Bankstown and you come here, then you, you know you're going to be working in Bankstown or, or the, the surrounding area. So they... And you actually used something before that made me go and talk to my team what you said. Something that was incredible yesterday, these thousand people that turned up, they're obviously passionate about working in our shopping centre and working within our community. What what better person do you want employed? So yeah, correct. that's something we're going to use moving forward as well. So thanks for that. Oh, no worries. <laughs> See, see, yeah, kudos to me. I was actually going to say as well. I think it's look. I think the, I think it's a very smart thing for for employers to get in. Hopefully, the numbers you've got um, from year one to year two um, that are a lot more engaged in year three because it's. A, I can only think it must be. A, it's a marvelous way for them to actually uh, get people on board, um, in 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 a way for them that's painless. So the the benefits to the employer in this as well must be tremendous. Absolutely. So one thing, one testimonial that I got for you since we spoke last I found out um, we had Prouds, the jewellers, and, and whilst they couldn't um, send someone from their business on the day we still put them down as uh, a company that was you know, sponsoring the event or um, connected to the event. The next day they actually had uh, nine resumes come through with two potential candidates the very wow. following day wow. just by having their name connected to the event so that's the sort of thing. There's a massive flow-on effect as well, knowing that you know our bank, our Bankstown retailers are looking for employees. Um, and whilst you may not, you know, sit down with them on the day, then the the flow-on happens. The flow-on's happening now, Anthony. I did ask you a few extra questions just with regards to take-up and and what the impact was on on retailers. And you're still doing a debrief because this conversation is relatively um, fresh after the event. So yep. I'd love to touch base with you in October, three months out before the Christmas period, just to see what kind of change you're seeing in the retailers in terms of them finding employees through this Absolutely. job market. Yeah, look, and I'll, I'll try and get some uh, some more stats from the business in general because it is a vicinity countrywide initiative. It's something we're rolling out in all the states where we have shopping centres. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's. I, I hope that we get a, a really good take up, and I'll share that with you when I find out. Outstanding. Well, we're looking forward to that. Thanks so much, Anthony, and we'll definitely have you back on the show to get those numbers from you. And I think it is something that, with the rollout in communities, it does just create, as we've said, that community engagement. No, thank you very much, guys, for having me on, and I look forward to talking again. Thanks so thank much. Thank you, Anthony. Great to talk to you. You're listening to the Power Up Show with Miriam Paul on a live ninety point five. And now for my favourite part of the show, in my best radio voice, we get to talk to the mental toughness guru, Leah. Leah, how are you? Oh, me, I love that introduction. I'm fabulous. How are you? Oh, marvellous. Thanks for asking. 
I am. I am. I, I, despite all the um, uh, the heckling earlier on, I did make it uh, here on time, so I am. So good evening, Leah. How are you? Yes, great. Wonderful to hear from you again. I'm really looking forward to what you're going to cover off today because you're going to cover off the uh, the third C this evening, aren't you, which is commitment. 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 Now, yes, be- before I- we start, Leah, I just have to tell you, since you and I have been speaking and... I take everything that you say and I really mull over it and have a think about some of the salient points that you bring up in because the very first one that we had was um, confidence. Yeah. And the second one was, uh, it's, I've lost it now. Control. Control. Yeah. And I look at people now and you can almost predict outcomes with certain people. You can almost look at them and go, actually, yes, you're going to be successful. This is going to work. Or you look at someone and go, this is never going to work because you're never going to see it through. Look, and that's that's pretty much in a nutshell where we are with this element of commitment. But as you say, the the beauty of this model is, and the, the body of work that we have with the mental toughness work is that it actually does allow us to see under the lid, under the hood, if it were. And where what we're seeing is we're looking for behaviours and attitudes that really are, you know, that, that really are their true motivators, right? And so, and when we're and when we're looking at this from a point of view of um, quite a neutral standpoint, it's not good or bad, it's not black or white. As you say, you know these traits and behaviours will give us a good indication and predict potential success. It's not the be-all and end-all, mm. but it's definitely a very rich body of work that any uh, recruiter or manager or business owner, when they're looking to recruit and promote, they are really the critical times when this is going to be delivering its biggest value. And this is what you're going to talk about now to um, with the C that we're speaking about today. And I'm very interested to hear about this because we're going to be talking about goal settings. Are you setting goals for the sake of setting them? Or are you setting goals because you want to achieve them? Or are you setting goals because you have to achieve them? There is no other option for you. And, and there seems to be quite a big distinction within the mental framework, the mental toughness framework. Yes, and this is another reason that it's so useful because it it takes the the um, the area of commitment which is absolutely paramount to anybody who wants to be a successful in business or successful in sales or successful in creating something that doesn't exist yet or creating change because. The, it's one thing to have the idea and the passion, as you say, and to have all the right words and all the right language and the, the vision for what you want to achieve. But is it a, how deeply ingrained in you? How important is it to you? How much does it matter to you to actually manifest that change. And I think the last point is is the important point is how much does it matter to you? Because I mean a lot of us want things, you know we we want to reach a certain level of of success, we want a certain financial outcome, we want, I don't know the body of Paul Cripps (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't think of any better than that (laughs) but 
You know, but just because you want something, it doesn't mean that you're motivated and inspired enough to get it. So what you've said there is so important. Does it matter enough? Because that's a very different phrasing, isn't it? It is very, very different. And and this is where we look at the uh, definition of, of, of commitment in the mental toughness framework. This is the characteristic that pertains to delivering. Right? Are you going to deliver? Right? And a committed leader, committed business owner is always striving to deliver on their promises. And so a mentally tough leader is going to make commitments and stick to them. But first and foremost, as you said, Mia, do you like setting goals? Do you like measuring process? Like, is that something that, you know, is in your. Um, track record, right? And that's why looking at what we've done in the past is so important and to look at what's motivated us, what has what has been important about that decision to work that way. So, Leah, let's just before we end off this uh, the segment that we're doing on, on control, um, on commitment, sorry, just tie it all up for us. So go from the control all the way to commitment, So the control element, right, is what pertains to our uh, ability or our tendency to to self-regulate and to believe that we actually do have input, that we do make a difference to outcomes. Commitment is do we like setting goals and measures? Are we objective when we get criticised, when surprises happen, when things go wrong? How well do we maintain focus? Are we diligent about projects and deadlines? And is it important to us to not let the team down? They're the the traits Mm. and behaviours around the the, um, how committed you are or what's your attitude towards goals? What's your attitude towards achieving, right? Can you see yourself achieving? Can you imagine what success feels like? And, and, you know, is that important to you to actually finish the job and get it done well, right? Because, you know, this is where, you know, if you have someone intimidated by goals and measures, if they don't have a sense of purpose, of direction of where they're going, and if they allow themselves to get distracted, these are not good signs, as you say, of someone who's mm. going to stay in the game long enough and 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 you know, deal with the stuff that happens in the chaos and ambiguity of the change process. And I suppose the control and confidence actually fit beautifully in together because, as you said, with the control side of things is how much control do I have over my external environment? Am I going to make it happen or is there an excuse why it didn't happen? And then when we look at goals, one of the biggest things we see with goals is, well, I didn't achieve my goal because it was not sunny today and therefore I couldn't go out of the house. Exactly. Are we blaming things outside of ourselves or are we taking stock of the reality of, well, we just didn't stay focused, right? And this is also the value, obviously, of working in a mastermind or with a business coach or someone who can help you stay focused and stay Mm. on track. And that's what builds this resilience, right? Because often resilience and mental toughness are used interchangeably. And the two biggest contributors to to building your resilience are building your control capabilities and building your commitment capabilities. So 
this is the other really major benefit, right, of this work is that we can actually measure our progress to build these muscles, Mia. These are not just some people are born with it and if you're not, you know, you're, mm. a, you're a loser. No, no, no. If you want to build these capabilities, these so-called soft skills, we can help. We can help. So, and I guess like anything, it's an early intervention in that before it's too late. It's critical, isn't it, it's earlier? Look, absolutely. You know, and then, you know, this whole thing of hiring and firing, you know, they say take your time in hiring people but be quick to fire <laughs> if, you know, things are not working out. But why don't we get it right at the front end as much yeah. as we can? Absolutely. I've been trying um, to help people as they're on that journey as well. It reminds me of, uh, what we talk about here is it reminds me of about two or three conversations of the last week. We haven't got time to go through it now, but uh, it, look, it's great. I mean, I think it's just uh, to be, thank, thank you for the summary there again, Leah, as well. Good to like well, Leah, so there. next week, what is the fourth C? Can you give us a hint the or you can keep us? The fourth C is the element of challenge, challenge, and that's another one that really rounds up everything that we've Beautiful. talked about. Well, um, next week is our second last uh, mental toughness understanding the fourth see and then the week thereafter Leah we're going to wrap it all up nicely in a bow tie for people because then they should understand in more detail from when we first started mental toughness to where we finish it. Leah thank you so much once again and we'll be talking to you next week. Thank you so much Mia, thank you Paul. Thank you Leah, you're listening to the Power Up Show with uh, Mia and Paul and a live night at 5.